right, welcome back to another episode of the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm your host. Thanks for being here. This particular episode today is part of our Affiliate Spotlight series. And this is a series where every few episodes we are going to take one of the groups that affiliate with us, the Arizona Wildlife Federation. And, you know, we're even going to do the groups that don't affiliate with us because they're all doing good work and, and we want you to know about all this work and, and how to get involved with these groups. But we're going to take one of these groups and we're going to do a full-length episode telling you all about them and all about the work they do for Arizona and Arizona's wildlife and for you. Tonight's episode is specifically the Arizona Antelope Foundation. And I'm telling you, if you stick around and listen to this, you're going to be impressed. These guys are out there doing hard labor, on-the-ground work, removing fences, restoring habitat, moving antelope around, restoring them in their their historic range. Uh, It's impressive, to say the least, and and I hope you'll listen, and I hope you'll join up. Uh, Throw a few bucks their way, or even better, get out there and volunteer with them. Uh, It's exciting work, it's interesting work, and it matters. So stick around and listen to that. Uh, Before we get into that, though, let's do just a couple quick announcements. This weekend, we've talked about it a lot, but it's finally here, the Arizona Game and Fish Department Expo. This is a great time. All of these organizations we talk about are going to be there. We're going to be there. Come say hello to us. Uh, Say hello to all these organizations. Thank these guys for the work they do. Join up the ones you're most interested in and get involved. Then that night, Saturday night that is, at the Tombstone Brewery in Phoenix, Arizona, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is having a pint night. I'll be there along with my family. I, I hope you are too. Then we got Valley of Sun Quail Forever. Now, Valley of Sun Quail Forever is still holding the raffle for the shotgun that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, they are still having their sporting clay shoot, so uh, I will have all of those links in the show notes. And they're also holding a raffle for... Uh, honey baked ham, a $100 gift card. That's at $5 per ticket. Then at $10 per ticket, you can get 11 pounds of walleye fillets, or a chance to win those anyway. That's one I'm interested in. That's a toss up for me. I've always either walleye or crappie. Those are my two favorite freshwater fishes to eat. And you only got till April 8 to get in on that though, so don't waste your time. Um, with that, we're all done. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I'm sure you will. Thanks. Take care. All right, ladies, gentlemen, thank you for being here. We are here with the Arizona Antelope Foundation. And my main connection to the Arizona Antelope Foundation is with their vice president, Glenn Dickens. Glenn and I work together. Glenn also serves as the Arizona Wildlife Federation vice president as well. So, um, and I'm going to kind of go ahead and throw this out here and get it out of the way. Um, Glenn is probably one of the most passionate conservationists I have met. And I don't want to toot his horn too much here, but... um, but that's without a doubt, and I think everybody that knows Glenn would agree with me on that. So let's start with just some, some introductions. Ken, how about you? Yeah, I'm Ken Metters. I'm the current uh, president of the Antelope Foundation, and uh, as many of our past presidents have been, I was also president of the Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep Society. You know, I've been out in Arizona for 37 years now, 
And um, I retired uh, about five years ago uh, from, uh, well, American Airlines. That's not where I started working through numerous mergers. I ended up there. And then uh, I've always, ever since the Sheep Society, which I was introduced to back in 1990. I've you know, been in the conservation field working with the various groups. Awesome. All right, well, thank you for that, Ken. And Glenn, you wanna take the floor and tell us a little sure. bit about yourself? So, uh, Glenn Dickens, um, I'm Vice President and Projects Manager. I was asked to come on a board in 2010, and I did that. Uh, I had a game and fish career that lasted 20 years, started on the Arizona Strip in 77. I retired in 97. And I've uh, been actively involved here now for that, that amount of time. And um, one of my focuses has been, and we'll talk about that when, when I come back around about our grant efforts. Um, so I asked the foundation when I was asked to come on, I, I went to one of their meetings, and the meeting was a strategic planning meeting. And it was to come up with five of their major goals for the next five years. And I asked, I said, I knew that there was this money that was available for southeastern Arizona through the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. And I told him, I said, I think the pronghorn in southeastern Arizona, where I grew up, obviously I'm prejudiced, uh, have been ignored largely and they need work and they need your organization. And, um, and I asked the question, a key question, 60% of the pronghorn in southeastern Arizona are on private property. And uh, knowing that a number of those ranchers do not permit pronghorn hunting, I asked the question, do you folks uh, support, will you support working on private property that does not permit hunting? And I'll tell you what, it was overwhelming. I got pushed back in the corner from all eight members that were there, and they said, we are not a hunting organization, we're a pronghorn conservation organization. And, uh, and that was just welcome news to me. And at that point, I joined up. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jamie, I think you're the newest member we have here. Can yep. you introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Jamie Watkins and um, been volunteering with Arizona Antelope for over 10 years. I don't know exactly how long. And recently became a board member a little over a year ago and just always had a fascination with uh, Antelope myself. So um, when I was asked to be a board member, I was happy to oblige and um, learning a lot about how the organization works. So it's been, it's been fun. And awesome. Jamie, what skill set do you bring us that we needed uh, to step up? I've been helping with some of the IT stuff and with some of the website redesign and been working on the social media posts such as Facebook and Instagram. And doing a great job at it. Thank you. Yeah, she awesome. is. All right. Uh, so, Ken, back to you. You want to give us kind of an overview, a little bit of history and mission from the Arizona. Uh, it is so hard to not say Arizona Wildlife Federation, the Arizona Antelope Foundation. Thank you. And I apologize. Yeah. The, the, the basic mission is to, you know, enhance antelope, basically bring back the numbers, the historical numbers. Uh, if we don't have them in historical habitat, let's get them back there. Um, also, a, a big function is, as many people may not be aware of, antelope do not jump fences. They crawl under. So getting in um, what we would call wildlife standard fencing, uh, smooth wires 16 to 18 inches above the ground that the antelope can run up to and crawl under. And when you're able to accomplish those kind of things, all of a sudden you have um, herds that may have been separated 
of a sudden they're getting back together again. You, you, the gene pool and population, you know, diversity, I guess that's the proper word, Glenn? Yes, it yeah. is. Yep. Uh, and, and that is the essence of what we do. And we could also enhance waters, uh, which is real important for Sonoran antelope mm -hmm. as we're bringing those back. And also transplants. Uh, and that's, that's, that's kind of a main focus. Our, our, our history is, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the Desert Bighorn Sheep Society, we just a bunch of a, on a project one night and the thought came up, well, what's going on with antelope? And as uh, the Sheep Society was sort of the original group mm -hmm. in, in Arizona. And uh, out of that discussion, Around the campfire one night, uh, the Arizona Antelope Foundation was born. The following year, 1992, and, and I've and I've been a you know I'm one of the first members. I mean, along with the group, we all started the. Uh, in fact, I was on the very first project. Um, unfortunately, in some of the ensuing years and uh, things like 9/11 with the airline industry, I was away from projects for quite a while as things were being recuperated. But uh, that that's the 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 basic history of how it was founded and again like i said if you look at the past president list you'll find a lot of former sheep society presidents mm -hmm. were president of this organization also yeah you know one thing that's uh, often puzzled me and i mean i get it because i eat breathe and sleep conservation wildlife um that, that's kind of all i do but with the sheep society the the number of people that are deeply involved that will never see a tag will never get to hunt sheep i'm i'm you know i'm one of those i'm never going to get one of those tags but it surprises me how many people get involved um for i don't know how do you say it non-selfish reasons that's exactly right and uh, and you are right and even guys who finally get their once in a lifetime tag are still there mm -hmm. well Antelope tags are not plentiful right. either. And, and again, the majority of the people here are hunters. But mm -hmm. you have to remember hunters are, hunters and fishermen are the original conservationists. Of course. You know, Pittman Robinson and Dingle Johnson came out of the hunting and the fishing communities. And uh, we have people that can go eight, nine, I'm on nine years now, and never see a tag, but mm -hmm. they're still out here working. They're yeah. still out here for the conservation. And that's, that's the point of the organization. It's not a hunting group. It's it's a bunch of hunters, but it's a conservation organization. Right. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of things. Uh, the idea there was a segue into into your membership. I'd like to know about how many how many folks you're representing and how many people you get on the ground doing these projects. But I was using your your quarterly magazine and your work on the Sonoran pronghorn, and I'm talking to my wife this morning over coffee about how none of these animals are going to be hunted. You know. But, nope. but you guys, you know, the, all these hunters are out there busting their butts, you know, trying to put these animals back on the landscape. And I just think that's great. So forgive me for getting off in a rabbit hole there. But let's talk about your membership. Yeah, we're sitting at uh, 300 members, maybe a, a couple more. I will we'll find that update out tonight. Um, and that's kind of normal for us. Uh, one thing I put out in the latest quarterly magazine is, is a challenge to get the 400 members this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we, uh, our membership starts at individual, and we go to a family membership, sustaining, and then we have three forms of life membership. The individual is $40 a year, the, sustain, uh, the family is $60 a year, sustaining $100. And then your life memberships uh, start off at 1000 if you're 59 or under, 
750 for 60 to 66 and then above 66 mm -hmm. uh, down to 500 and we're at a hundred and three aren't we 104 103 100 and we got a couple numbers that are out of sequence <laughs> but 104 life members right now it, that should be accurate all right so so outside of uh you know all the boots on the ground work and volunteer opportunities you guys have what 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 else do do how, how else do members get involved what other opportunities do you have there well it's our field projects uh, which we try to do five a year and a lot of it is is fencing that i talked about <laughs> earlier um, but we can get involved in uh, transplants we did a transplant out of the um, prescott valley where they did a capture and we went ahead and supplemented herds around the state, mostly in southeastern Arizona. Well, they were all in southeastern Arizona. That they one, were. They? Yep. Yeah. And uh, we also um, have a, a, a fundraising banquet every year. You could get involved with that. Come to the banquet. And that's that's a something we do. It's, it's, it's kind of a thank you. We also have the AW... F there with uh, where we hand out awards. Mm -hmm. And that's for, the Arizona Wildlife Federation. Right. The Arizona Wildlife Federation. Yeah. Acronyms. Got to be yeah. careful sometimes. <laughs> where that's that's an award presentation for that group also at the fundraiser. And then we, you know, we raise some money, which all goes back in on the ground. We also have, uh, we're involved with the special tag program out of the Game and Fish, uh, which are Three tags, uh, two are auctioned. One is given to the big game super raffle. And then these tags are, uh, this year we had uh, 76,000 on one tag and the, re and the second tag we auctioned went for 40,000. Right now, the latest I saw in the super raffle, we're running at about 30. Last year, I think we had 58 to 60. I can't remember the exact number right now from last year. But then all that money goes back into the Habitat Partnership Committee with the Game and Fish. That money all goes back, in, 100% goes back into Game and Fish, and then it's discussed between us, um, uh, the group and the Game and Fish people and the various regions put in for projects, and then we fund them for them. Well, I'll tell you what, I've already mentioned, uh, you know, having coffee while reading your quarterly magazine here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the quarterly magazine is a is the pronghorn. It comes out four times a year. It's a, for lack of better anything, a, a, we try to keep it as a scientific magazine, although we may have other stories in there from people. And we, again, discuss our projects. We talk about uh, various uh, work with the game and fish. The recent one that you're talking about is our Sonoran magazine, where we just did a release of 20... Eight Sonoran antelope, yep. and that was in the uh, Vico Valley area, which is another historical area where they just weren't anymore. And uh, so far, that herd's been tracking very well, <laughs> which is really wonderful. And we uh, work with uh, Jill Albright and John Herbert, are the two main, you know, people on the Sonoran program, mm -hmm. and then uh, Stephanie from uh, Fish and Wildlife. And that is a, that, that's a real important thing because that particular species was just, I mean, it was down towards the level of possible extinction. Yeah, and yeah. That's a subspecies that, you know, believe it or not, lives in the desert. And mm -hmm. As many people kind of say, they do what? You know, and they do. They, they exist out there and 
and um, they've adapted to it. So, you know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this, um, and it, it really has brought to, to my attention just how much work you guys are doing, and, and, and it's, it's captured very well in this. Um, this is available online, too. Yes, it correct? is. Yeah, you can go to our website, that? and you can uh, get the download online, uh, the pronghorn. And, of course, if you're a member, we send you out a hard copy. Sure, that's the best way and, to do and, it. And we send some copies up to our Game and Fish people uh, you know, that, in the various regions. Our, uh, our website has a section devoted specifically to magazine. If you click on magazine, you can go back right. to the beginning. Exactly. And uh, you can go back to the 90s and every every. Every magazine is there. We mail out right out about 400 of those, uh, 450, and um, and uh, they so there's a comp list. But once it's out physically to everybody who's paid, then it goes out to everyone who's on our email and all of our fundraisers, mm -hmm. and those folks get a link so they have the opportunity to look at it as a PDF. Okay. Well, I, I haven't read all of them, but but I want to say that this this particular issue here I've enjoyed very much, and it, it again it captures the work you do I think very well and is inspirational to say the least. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put that link in the show notes as well, and I recommend okay. folks get out there and read that. And and one one last thing I'd like to to mention about the Arizona Allo Foundation we are the only uh, devoted antelope conservation group in the country. I mean, there's other groups that get involved with antelope, but they're a Mm -hmm. a, a whole spectrum group. We are specifically animal. Really? So there's there's no Wyoming version? No, no, no believe it or not. Well, wow. no, we're not the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We're not the Rocky Mountain Mule Deer Foundation. We're the Arizona Antelope Foundation. Born in Arizona. And as and a compliment to Ken, uh, Ken is one of the founders and a compliment to a number of past presidents of this organization that were past presidents of the Sheep Society. And that campfire was a critical campfire. And I give that Genesis story at each one of our projects. And they were all sitting around, and, and it might have been Dave McCaslin. I'll use his name as a founder, but probably or, or, or Pete Similero. And one of them stood up at the fire, and they said, what are we doing for Arizona's pronghorn? And Ken was in that circle, and Terry Shupp, who's still with our board today, in that circle. And the answer was, not nearly enough. And it was the following year we got uh, we got our uh, incorporated and became a not for profit for Pronghorn in Arizona. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Glenn. While I've while I've got your attention here, you can we dig into some of the meat of some of the work that you guys do? Sure. Um, the other thing too, uh, we do an annual hunt clinic, uh, and and that's part of our when we do our banquet. And our banquet is focused nowadays less on fundraising because we are doing so well online with our raffles. Thank you, folks. And that's due largely to Joe Bill Pickrell, again, a founder and a Sheep Society past president. And uh, so the annual hunt clinic, uh, COVID, it gave us, it was a curse and a blessing. And so a couple years ago, because we knew we, we had to give a clinic. And the way to give a clinic was we taped it. So we put up $5,000. We professionally taped that clinic. And, um, and then we mailed out, did a physical mailing to the 740 successful hunt draw ordinarily our clinic draws between 50 and 70 people that year we got 130 the next year we got it right at 130 and so that clinic's available online if you're getting an antelope tag in any state you can buy it for 10 bucks and it covers everything from from archery hunting 
optics, uh, scoring. I do scoring. My wife, Betty, does photography. It's a, an all-inclusive two-hour effort. So we do that on the banquet day. And the other key for that is the Game and Fish Department. They send representatives for every uh, region of the Game and Fish Department that offers a hunt. Mm -hmm. And they are there to answer questions, and they have the maps. And so... Uh, uh, that's and that's something we charge for. We do ask for a, a minimal donation, a twenty-five dollar donation, mm -hmm. and then also if you attend the clinic for the twenty-five dollars, you're also you're going to get a half-year membership, so you'll get two at least two issues of the magazine. All right, hey, and, and stepping back for just a minute, Ken, um, we've got an awards banquet coming up, don't we? Yes, we do. It's June eleventh. <laughs> I was almost going to say 22, but that was the last awards <laughs> banquet we had. It's June 11th. And the, again, the clinic will be on that day. Mm -hmm. And then we run right into the banquet. Okay. And this one's, this one's a little bit special, I, I, I might add, with the uh, uh, records book you know, the, component. The, uh, again, COVID bit us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we've not had a banquet in three full years. And so we, have, uh, we offer a certificate to any, any pronghorn hunter in Arizona to come to the banquet and be recognized and get a frame certificate. All you had to do is be successful on your hunt. So that's part of the awards ceremony. And then uh, this year, the Arizona Wildlife Federation, they give their annual awards, and we have three years of those that we're gonna give. So uh, the awards this year could, could actually take us 30 minutes uh, to get through those. And it's also an opportunity to see some heads. A number of those people, we have pro successful pronghorn hunters bring their heads, and we mount those. Put those up as well as some of the AWF trophies. So, um, and uh, we have a venue of 240, 280, 270, and we're trying to outgrow that. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping that you know maybe next year we can outgrow the current place we're at. We'd run the clinic from one o'clock until four, and then the doors open, and um, and then we go into the banquet. Awesome. Well, I certainly plan on being there this year, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Glenn. Let's uh, let's talk about some of your your projects. You know, that, let's do that. Ken's, Ken's already said um, by basically our our bylaws say that we will conduct four volunteer projects a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we now do five regularly, and then we do other add-ons. And last year we probably did six. So um, we do. We are involved in currently, and Ken touched on it. We don't. We do fence work. We remove fences. We modify fences. And we do complete takedowns and put up new fence. So pronghorn only go under, as he alluded to. What we know is they have to have at least a minimum of 16-inch smooth bottom wire. When we're out on the open range with ranchers, we're negotiating constantly for 18 inches smooth bottom wire. And so in the case of ADOT, all of the roadways in Arizona, Department of Transportation, that's a five-strand 10-10-10. We take the two bottom strands off, replace it with one smooth, replace all of the stays. When we're out there with the ranchers, uh, we're putting new posts in as necessary, new stays. They basically get a new a new fence. They get a new fence from us. Um, so we do five a year. Uh, where we do those matters. Uh, we they, we are involved in four statewide what's called landscape initiatives. One is Vehicle Valley, which we've talked about, which is the endangered pronghorn. Mm -hmm. We had 55 miles of fence to remove there. We currently have removed 18, and it was enough to qualify for that release of 22 animals. We work on the Big Lake uh, Summer Complex, and that's in the White Mountains near Springerville. 
And uh, we're basically this year, maybe the last year that we work in a big lake complex, we'll have completed every fence in about a uh, 40 square mile area that is summer range for pronghorn uh, there, in which case then we'll move. Uh, we are also involved in south of I-40, and that's an area to modify all of the fences from Williams south to uh, upper Prescott, uh, Prescott Valley. And then the, the other big one that we've stepped into is Unit 18A, and that's near Seligman. It's west of Seligman. We are there every April and every September. And we started with 36 miles of sheep fence, which is impenetrable to pronghorn. And they are genetically isolated on both sides of that fence. Uh, to date, we've modified or with, with game and fish six miles. And uh, we're going to be back there uh, in April. Wow. And that, that's a long, all of these are long-term commitments. Mm -hmm. We're there until we're done. And there's thousands of miles of fence out there in pronghorn habitat. So we'll never finish. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Glenn, if I can ask, is any of this on private property? And when and if it is, how do those conversations go with landowners to have, uh, with having their fences modified? That, that's a good lead into uh, the Southeastern Arizona National Fish and Wildlife Foundation grant. Um, when I told you earlier about my condition and coming on the board was, could we work on private property? And the resounding answer was yes. Um, we applied for and we received, uh, beginning in 2010, 2011 was the first grant, we received $510,000 in three different grants focused from National Fish and Wildlife Foundation focused on pronghorn. We uh, uh, matched that, and I've got some numbers here that I'll touch on. And we match that then with rancher, with habitat partnership funds, which we'll get more into the detail too later. And 60% um, of the pronghorn exist on private property. Um, of those, we had 20 different ranches and not one rancher told us no. Some said no for a few years, uh -huh. but we had hired uh, John Milliken and John Milliken's our field manager. John was a retired 31 year veteran of the Arizona Game and Fish Department. He had managed pronghorn extensively in uh, about half of the populations down there, and he knew how to talk landowner. Uh -huh. And uh, many of his conversations, one in particular, he had to put his foot in the door, the dog was growling, <laughs> and it went on for a couple hours, and he went back to that same rancher, and he went back to that same rancher. We needed that ranch because we needed to change fences, and he finally, he, we needed to change those fences to connect two different blocks of 20,000 acres of pronghorn. Mm -hmm. And so he watched all of his neighbors get fences. He watched all of our neighbors work and he finally phoned and he says, John, he said, I really would like this one fence replaced and I'd like you to pay for it. And it was $15,000 <laughs> worth of fence material. Wow. So the answer was yes, we will, but we want to fix all of the fences on your property. Mm -hmm. and, that, and we did. And we worked three different projects on his place. He'll remain unnamed. He still doesn't permit pronghorn hunting, but the last survey that we did out of 274 pronghorn counted, 84 were on his property, and every one of those is part of that subpopulation and part of the genetics. Yeah. So let me touch a little on the grant. Go for it. And um, so what we did in from this was from 2011 to 2019, um, we mod we modified fences on 191,000 acres. We began with 331 pronghorn total in the population when we ended. We were over a thousand. Wow. Pronghorn connectivity then was approved on the 191,000 acres in six herd zones. We had 27 fence projects. We modified or 
replaced 105 miles of fencing. The majority of that work was accomplished by 769 volunteers. They drove 186,000 miles and they donated 13,270 hours of labor. Back to students uh, and uh, university and high school students as well as Boy Scouts participated in 14 of the fence projects. 11 grassland projects completed in four herd zones restored 7,800 acres of grassland through burning, mesquite grubbing, spot treatment with herbicide. 13 water projects were completed to provide year-round water distribution and security in four herd zones. As Ken alluded to earlier, there were pronghorn that were transplanted. 95 pronghorn were transplanted to supplement six subpopulations. Pronghorn population has increased, as I've said, uh, by right at six to eight, seven hundred animals as of August 2019. And none of this would have been possible without the Arizona Antelope Board and the cooperation of 20 landowners and ranchers uh, in southeastern Arizona. And uh, the same is true with the cooperation of the Bureau of Land Management with the Sonoran Pronghorn. Mm -hmm. um, another thing we do is, and this is, it's called citizen conservationist. And that's, I really like that term. And this last year in the Sonoida Plains, we had our ninth annual July saturation survey. And that involves hunters that are gonna maybe hunt there this year, uh, probably 15 of our board members and our membership and others. And we spread ourselves out over 101,000 acres beginning at 5.30 in the morning. And we count pronghorn until uh, 10 o'clock. And then we get together and we give that data to the game and fish department and they determine how many pronghorn we've seen with non-duplicates. Uh, when we started work on the plains in 2011, the number was 81. We have yet to count fewer than 250 pronghorn the last five years in a row. We are at uh, right at uh, 250 to 300 animals. Um, and then as Ken's already touched on the Sonoran pronghorn release, that was 22 animals in January 22, and we removed 17 miles of fence there of the 55. Um, when we talk about endangered, let me mention this. If the vehicle population establishes itself, there's every, as with the successes the department has had in other subpopulation zones, and as Ken said, they were almost extirpated in 2002. We were down to 19 animals north of the Mexican border. Uh, we have the chance in three to five years to file for delisting and move from endangered status to threatened status. And uh, that's not small, that's not a small no, thing. Not, none of this is. You know what I like about this? You know, with the work that I do with the Arizona Wildlife Federation, it's a little bit harder to quantify. It's harder to, you know, if some, obviously I can explain the work that I do pretty clearly. But with this, you know, if people ask you, hey, where does my money go? Nobody can argue with this. This it, is amazing. It's there. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, Ken touched earlier, too, on the HPC Habitat Partnership process. And, go okay. ahead. No, thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask you. To, I was going to yeah. ask you to tell us. And, uh, and he touched on the three tags. Mm -hmm. and what those bring us in revenue is about one hundred and fifty to 200000 for cooperative field projects. And um, the regions, each one of the six game and fish regions, has Habitat Partnership committees. And that's how a project gets submitted. And this is done for pronghorn, sheep, elk, deer, and turkey. It includes our other partners, the Arizona Elk Society, Arizona Deer Association, Mule Deer Foundation, Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep, Turkey Federation, 
um, uh, what we refer to affectionately as the critter groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we just finished that meeting. We had it Saturday. And we funded, uh, I say we, HPC, Pronghorn, funded 14 projects. Total, we approved $3.1 million of cooperative projects. There were 64 projects that got approved. And uh, this is, again, it's folks that are bidding for tags, yes, to hunt, but every penny goes straight to back to the game and fish. We don't benefit from those dollars. We administer those those tags as far as sale, and then we give it back. Um, kind of in that same vein, the uh, and Ken talked again about the genesis. One of the things that the Sheep Society did in forming the Pronghorn Foundation was they reached out to existing pronghorn biologists. And that included Dave Brown, Richard Ockenfels, uh, Tice Suplee. And so our board is unique in that many of its first presidents were retired game and fish biologists. Uh, they are today. That's me. Dave Cagle, uh, who recently retired from uh, the Pine Top region, is now our secretary. Uh, we have another biologist, Daryl Tercy, who retired from the Bureau of Land Management. And so there's always been uh, the, as, as Ken touched on, the scientific centric. It's always there. And, and that, that's reflected. It's reflected in our votes. It's reflected in our work. But also, we're probably more integrated. I'm going to brag a little. We're probably a little more integrated with the Game and Fish Department and these various regions than many other, other critter groups. Um, and then uh, in 2012, the Antelope Foundation contracted with two retired Game and Fish board members. And that was Dave Brown, who passed in September of this past year at age 84. <laughs> And Richard Ockenfels, who passed tragically just uh, here back in uh, early February. And they wrote The Pronghorn of Arizona, A Conservation Success. That, that book was printed by, by us. It's available on our website. It's also available through the Game and Fish Department. And then um, we're nothing without landowner and agency cooperation. Mm-hmm. We're nothing. And, um, and we... We pride ourselves on coordinating those types of projects. It's a good outfit. I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to round out your, your part there, Glenn, just by, by referring back to what I said about, about you being a passionate conservationist. Um, <laughs> Glenn's also got a mind for details. Um, so uh, this podcast, Glenn and I work closely together, so you're, you're going to be hearing from him more, and, and I think you can see why. He's a very valuable asset to me because I do not have a mind for details like that. All right, Jamie, you've been awful quiet over there. So what's your perspective on this as, as a newer, newer board member? I was uh, asked to be a board member uh, a little over a year ago. And um, I was like, hey, you know, sure, why not? You know, um, I've done some other organizations such as, you know, like my kids' Boy Scouts. I was on their board and I was on the board for uh, elementary school and middle school um, parent-teacher organizations. So um, thought it'd be interesting to get a different perspective and uh, see how Arizona Antelope, you know, runs things. And uh, it's been a, a huge learning experience, and it's given me the opportunity to get outside of my comfort zone. Um, I'm usually pretty quiet, but once you get to know me, most of you know that know me, uh, I'll just go rambling on for days. So being a board member, I've been attending all the monthly meetings and I've learned a lot about how the organization itself runs, such as like how the projects are determined, um, 
how the organization works with the landowners and different government entities such as Bureau of Land Management and Arizona Game and Fish Department and how everyone works together to determine which fence lines to modify. And it's been pretty cool also to see some of the, the maps of um, the GPS collared pronghorn uh, before and after fence modification and see how the areas that they should be, I'm trying to think of the words now, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the corridors that, you know, that are being opened up uh, with the fence modifications. I've also had the privilege of attending some events such as the Commissioner Awards Banquet. I got to meet a bunch of new people there and uh, the Wildlife for Tomorrow's Outdoor Hall of Fame. I was mm -hmm. able to attend that and um, starting to see a lot of the same players over and over who have pretty much dedicated their entire life's work to, you know, wildlife management and conservation. So it's been really cool to be in that circle, being somebody who as, you know, probably uh, in high school, uh, really wanted to get into this kind of line of work, but didn't happen, wasn't in my deck of cards. So, uh, you know, I went in a different direction in IT. And now that uh, I've got time to spend, um, my kids are grown up, so I can spend more time doing, you know, more with this organization. So it's it's been very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, attended a couple of releases, which I wouldn't have had the privilege to without this kind of involvement. I was at the Vico Valley release for the endangered snoring pronghorn and um, attended a couple of other, excuse me, recent releases. Um, so as a, you know, as a board member, I get those opportunities that I didn't have as just a regular member. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned your kids. Uh, that's one thing you and I uh, share in common. I, except my, I have a young family, but I drag my my little ones along to all kinds of conservation events, and of course, all over the outdoors. Um, do you do you, did, does your family, do your children, get involved in any of the work you do? Um, yeah, and actually, that was one of the things that brought me to start volunteering with Arizona Antelope Foundation. Is I thought it would be a good end to get my kids involved in volunteering, and um, I've always enjoyed the outdoors, and hey, you know, let's go camping for a couple of days, and these guys give us a wonderful breakfast and, a, and an awesome dinner, so all we got to do is bring our tent and get our hands dirty for a little bit, and we'll go camping, enjoy the outdoors, meet some people, so yeah, uh, it was great for the kids. Um, it's very family oriented organization. Everyone's like super nice. So uh, always enjoyed coming to, you know, as many projects as I could and seeing all the smiling faces and getting to know all the regulars has been great. And, um, you know, I have two kids and both of them are actually getting into conservation type uh, careers. I've got a daughter who's in her sophomore year at North, at uh, NEU, and she's getting into the forestry degree with the wildlife uh, ecology certification, and she's looking to eventually get hired at Arizona Game and Fish, and she actually has a, an internship this summer working with the Sonoran Pronghorn Recovery Effort. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, super jealous. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so that's it's amazing, and my son also, he's getting into... Um, studying environmental and sustainability degree program. So, you know, we'll see if 
maybe he'll get one of those internships in the future too. And what's your sister's name? Like every time I, I see you lately, I keep bumping into her. My sister, Christine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's uh she started volunteering uh, pretty recently. I think the first one was when we were doing the saturation survey. It was yeah, uh, a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And she's been hooked ever since. So oh, wow. we'll be seeing a lot more of her too. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Jamie, um, since you handle a lot of the communications, uh, tell me, tell me how, how folks follow you. How, how do folks see what the, the work that you're doing in, in real time? How, how do people know what's going on with the Arizona Antelope Foundation? We have a Facebook page and also an Instagram page. And I try to keep those updated with the recent projects that, that we've been working on. Um, also, it's another way to post some of our raffles, which um, has been great for raising money for the organization. And again, every dollar goes right back into, into the efforts for our projects. Um, we've got a website also for some of the more, you know, I guess, stable or long-term information. Um, Glenn mentioned that we have a section for the magazine. So all of the magazines are, are there on the website. Um, you can download them as a PDF and go through them. Um, we post some of the events on there, some of the prior habitat projects. Um, we've got a raffles link there. So awesome. really the three methods, website, Facebook, and Instagram. That's great. And I'll make sure I, I'll link all those into the show notes for, uh, for the show as well. So it's easy for folks to find. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm a little bit in awe especially after reading this and, and, and listening to all of you, uh, I'm, I'm a bit blown away about the amount of work you guys actually get done on the ground. That's, that's something, that's something that matters. It's, it's important and it's special. And uh, I certainly thank all of you for, for your hard work. I might not benefit from it in the form of a tag anytime soon, but I benefited from it in a lot of other ways as, as we all do. So it's certainly appreciated. Um, anything that we've left out? Kim? Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah. I think you did a good job. We, squ you, we squished a lot into a short period of time there. I certainly appreciate it. And Glenn, I appreciate you organizing all this. And one more time, I'll say it. Thank you for all the hard work you do on the ground and for wildlife. And thanks for being here with me today. Thank you, Michael and the Arizona Wildlife Federation for putting us online. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with the Arizona Antelope Foundation. I certainly did. And I don't, I, I think at this point you, you will realize I was not exaggerating uh, about all the great work they do. Um, yeah, it's all there um, and it's amazing. So again, join up with those guys. Throw some money their way. Get out there, volunteer with them. Um, help out, you know, help out for Arizona's wildlife, for our sporting heritage, uh, for our habitat, for all of this stuff that we enjoy so much. Um, it's fun. It's not just hard work. It, it feels good to contribute to all this stuff that, that we, we value so much. So with that, I can't wait for this weekend. I'm looking forward to that Game and Fish Expo. I hope to see you all there. And of course, I hope to see you at the Pint Night that night. Uh, over the next two weeks, please don't hesitate to reach out to me with your comments, your suggestions, your criticisms, your... Um, yeah, all, all of it. I'm open to all of it. And I can be reached at podcastazwildlife.org. And uh, I got some great episodes coming up, some stuff that I'm extremely interested in, and I, I think you will be too. So please look forward to that. Uh, follow us and tune in every two weeks for, for a new episode. Thanks all.